0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on uh, Collective Conversations. I'm Eric, and I'm here with my bride, Tony. This is episode number five of our podcast, and today we're going to talk about overcoming adversity. But before we get into that, I want to really just say, first of all, thank you, especially the Collective Church family and those who are listening. We have been in a series the last couple of weeks on Sundays called Mastermind, in which, honestly, we've taken a lot of the insights from Pastor Craig Groeschel's new book, and also we're doing our freedom course and with on Wednesday nights and we're talking about a lot of these things we're going to talk about today and so um, Tony let's talk about this adversity and overcoming adversity and and this will be very personal from from you and I and I think that's really what people are uh, needing to see maybe is a little bit more pull the curtain back behind the scenes let's let's have some raw and real conversation.
1: I think so Um, you know I was thinking earlier today about how we don't post a lot of the ugly stuff on social media. I mean, you don't see a lot of the... Nobody's going to post a video. Just had a fight with my wife. I can't stand her. You know, not, you don't see... I mean, you and might... too many's in a
0: habit of doing that yeah. too much.
1: And so... But you don't know the struggles people go through. And going through some of the teaching we're doing at church, and it just made me think about it. I think a lot of people never... They never take the risk. They never go for their dream. They never step out because they just think, Man, I can never be what someone else could because of different reasons that hold them back. They don't see the struggle that we've went through over the past 20 something years. They don't know the hard times. They don't know, you know, the the adversity that we've had to overcome. And so sometimes I think it's good just to have a real conversation about, Hey, we had to go through a lot of stuff and we still go through stuff. And it's not about it becoming easy. It's about you continue to fight, you continue to get up, you continue to chase your dream. And so I just thought it'd be good today just to talk about some of the things that we've had to overcome because I just want to encourage people that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, it's never too late.
0: So many people are limited by their limitations that they see in their lives. And I think that, you know, for us, we've got a very lengthy testimony of just God's goodness and the things that we have overcome, you know, personally. And then of course, even, you know, with our church, you know, in Pascagoula and just the miracle that took place in birthing that, it just didn't come easy. I mean, we just didn't show up and there were thousands of people, you know, (laughs) following our ministry. I mean, the first time we came here, there was less than 10 or 12, you know, so, so, so yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about that. And I guess personally, we can kind of start there and then we can end, uh, was talking about the vision and the heart and kind of where we are professionally and with our, with our church.
1: Sure. So one of the things I hear a lot is, um, well, you know, you you didn't grow up like I grew up. You just don't understand the hardships. And for me, that's somewhat true. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home and um, had great parents. Not perfect by far. Nobody is, but great parents. However, you know, we all have things that we had to overcome, and I had a lot of childhood issues that I had to overcome And you did too. And Mm -hmm. you did not grow up like I did. You grew up completely opposite, actually. And so I think that people see you now. And I mean, you're a great husband, you're a great dad, you're a pastor. And they just assume in their head you had this perfect little package life with a bow tie on it. Hmm. And they have no idea. I mean, you've shared your story a little bit, Mm -hmm. but they have no idea what you actually had to overcome to just have the courage and audacity to step out on the stage and, and preach the gospel. Sure. And so I just want to talk about that a little bit, just, you know, not in depth, just a little bit though about the way that you grew up and what you overcame because people don't really know.
0: Sure. And I, and that's, you know, and that has been motivating for me through my life is, you know, is to just to kind of rewind my mom and dad. Uh, my mom got married uh, to my dad because she was pregnant with me, you know, in high school. And so, uh, that happened. And then, so you know, and then they, they were married just for three or four years and divorced when I was four. Um, And so mom and dad both remarried and, you know, we, we were not a very wealthy family. I mean, I lived in a trailer park, you know, for most of my entire childhood and uh, not anything against that. It's just that we, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a lot. You couldn't have told us that. I yeah. mean, you know, I I thought I had everything. Little did you know, Um, but with all that being said, um, you know, there were, there were many, many challenges growing up, especially from, a um, a split home. Now my dad and my stepmom were very great as far as creating a family culture and a family unit. And I was an only child until I was 10. My, my mom and my stepdad had my little brother and then my dad and my stepmom had my little sister. And so no longer was I an only child after, after they came into the world. So from that, um, you know, from that point on, it was, I was pretty independent. You know, I had to become independent because truth is, is that I didn't have a very stable family life most of the week because my mom had full custody of me. And again, I'm not trying to to beat that up. I'm just talking about facts here. And, um, and so, We moved a couple of times and uh, you and I met our junior year (laughs) of high school. And so, you know, and I was I was not one. I mean, I wasn't a bad kid. I was a good kid, had good, good grades. Um, You know, I was class president our senior year, sad chapter president, which is students who get drunk driving. Um, You know, I was very motivated, but I remember sitting in my 11th grade Spanish class. and, And I remember just thinking in 11th grade on that front row or that front desk, I guess. <laughs> and um, I wasn't the back kind of guy. I like to be in the front because I like to be the first one out. So, so when class was over, but I remember sitting there thinking, um, you know, I, I want to do something. I want to accomplish something. I don't want to stay in this small town that I'm a part of, that I'm in. And Again, nothing against the small town, Linville, Alabama, but I, I wanted to get out. I wanted to accomplish something great. And I had no idea what that was. Sure. I was just very motivated. I had verbally enlisted in the air force until you come walking in my algebra (laughs) class. And and so, you know, I wanted to accomplish something. And, um, and so with that, again, I just feel like I'm talking a lot now, but, but with that, you know, life, life through many obstacles, you and I went to junior college together. Uh, we married when we were 20 years old, which is hard to believe we have an 18 year old now we were married when we were 20. And, um, and so, and again, that itself, you know, created some, some other obstacles for me because I didn't really have, really a healthy image of marriage right. full time. Now my dad, and my stepmom, again, they're sure. great. But I, I didn't because of the image that I had was not healthy, especially from the female perspective. So I really wasn't interested. I mean I wasn't yeah. interested in marriage. I wasn't interested in that because, you know, I had not had good examples, you know, other than grandparents and, and, and a few others. But so so childhood was difficult. It, it was, was But I was I was blessed too. I mean, again, I, I just you know, there was and i'm not one to really capitalize on you're all not, the a you not a victim you don't have a victim mentality i'm not in any capacity
1: but i can say from from the time i met you um, and what people don't realize you know today we don't talk about it a lot but mental health is a big problem yes and you suffered through a lot of emotional, verbal, and even physical abuse as a child. Yeah, yeah. And you definitely brought that with you into adulthood. You brought that into our marriage. You brought that into... And it know,
0: took years to overcome. It did. And there's still scars.
1: There's still scars. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that we don't talk about enough in the Christian realm. Um, because let's be honest, whatever happens in childhood is traumatic. Yeah,
0: I mean, when, when I... Just I it is. I mean, when I was five, six, and seven years old, I mean, I was sexually molested, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, by by an older man, you know, which was odd and weird in itself. But I mean, I wasn't, and when I got my license, I mean, the first thing that I did in my car is I drove to this guy where he lived, you know, and at 16 years old, you know, and I I shared this a little bit, not in detail, but I mean, I had a gun and, you know, and little do you know, this was 10 years. And of course I got there, the house was burned down. The guy had been dead and gone. And my parents did not even know that until after you and I Mm -hmm. planted our church and they actually heard it in a sermon that I spoke, you know, and, and one of the reasons why is because number one, I didn't want my dad to know because I knew my dad would go to prison, you <laughs> so me, yeah. I knew he'd go to prison and, and honestly I didn't feel that it was really relevant to have that conversation with my mom. Yeah. You know, so um so and again, as you said, I'm not a victim. I have chosen right. to overcome and I'm I'm still overcoming.
1: And I think that's the point is, you know, your childhood stuff was so deep, but yet it was never an excuse. Right. It was never, you know, well I I can't do this because of this. Well, I can't be a better husband. I can't be a better pastor because of the what happened to me as a child. You never took that attitude and I think it's important for people to know and I know that we don't we don't even talk about the past a whole lot because you have overcome so much and you're in such a different place. But I think it's important for people to know that those were real struggles for right. you and you decided, you know what? this happened to me, but this is not who I am. Right. And I'm going to overcome it. And now you're able to help other people. And you can spot, a lot of times you can spot that mental health stuff a mile away because you struggled with it. Absolutely.
0: And there are triggers, you know, there are triggers that, that occur that kind of takes you back, you know, that kind of pulls the scab off that wound per se. And, you know, but I have also learned in those triggers, used to, I couldn't control the trigger. My anger would take over, but now I've realized you know, I've got authority on that too. And so I can get those triggers and I see those triggers and I feel those triggers when it happens. But also I've learned how to take control and authority in a healthy way so that I don't respond incorrectly or out of that anger in which I've always struggled with.
1: For sure. And I think, you know, I've been able to see it over the years and how far you've come and, I don't really see you deal with anger issues. I mean, I can tell when something frustrates you, but that's mm-hmm. normal. And so you've come a long way even in, in how you deal with that and manage it. And, and I think truthfully overcoming it. I think
0: you have to not accept it. Yeah. I think a lot of it is you, you just don't accept because we used to say and people still say, well, that's just the way I am. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. that that's that's an that's excuse. An excuse. And you got to do the hard work. And that's also cowardly. Yeah. You know, no, I'm not going to accept the way that I was. I'm not going to accept the hurt. Right. I'm not going to let the hurt define me. And, you know, or the frustration, I mean, because that that in itself, again, I think that's the easy cop out that you you've got to be intentional. Yeah. And and, and that's where, you know, for me, even when it comes to what we get to do with you know, leading a church, pastoring, preaching and teaching, it's, it's not something that I do. It's it's real for me. It's yeah. very real because I know that without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus, I would not be where mm-hmm. I am. I would not have been able to overcome because, I mean, it, you know, the world is enticing, you yeah. know, and then the ways of the world are very enticing and intriguing. But without him, there's just there's no way I don't I don't know where I would be nor where we would be right. if we would be at that's, all. That's true. Without him.
1: That's absolutely true. And I think it helped you too. you know, you had to open up and be vulnerable and we mm-hmm. had to have some really hard conversations. And that was hard for me. It was very hard. And it was hard for me. And mm-hmm. it's hard for me to do that as well. And so I think that because I don't
0: like vulnerability.
1: No, <laughs> no. But the more you did that and the more open you were and you became very self-aware, you right. understood how you talked to people how you talked to me how you interacted how it affected other people and so you really did the hard work and became very self-aware of um how you made other people feel right and and i think that in turn made you think about how you felt and so right. it forced you to deal with those well, things
0: and so many times we measure other people based off of our own conviction you know or about our own issues right. or our own feelings and and really it's just the whole thing that we use with counseling. You know, let's try to understand before I agree. Yeah. You know, it's about understanding, not agreement. We may not get agreement, but we can have understanding. Yeah. And so I had to first come to an understanding with myself. Yeah. I had to come to an understanding that, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be a victim. Yeah. And, you know, I can't get up on a stage and preach to X number of people every week with a life-changing gospel message of Jesus if I myself have not been impacted and affected by the life message you know right. that that he has come to give us and so so for me it was very personal and I'm passionate about it you know yeah. I'm passionate about life change because I know through him and in him you know we have access and availability to be changed
1: well you've experienced it right you've experienced it and you, it's you, not just a
0: liturgy that we speak right
1: you went from having these these childhood type issues that followed you to being free from them right, and exactly. enjoying a fulfilled life without all of that stuff. So I think that's incredible. And I think and that's, there were a lot
0: of mistakes. I mean, there, there were, I
1: mean, even with us. There well, was that a was lot of the mistakes. next thing I was going to so, say. Yeah. So, so also people sometimes don't pursue their dream and their passion because they think they've just made too many mistakes Right, and they don't realize that mistakes are part of it. It's part of the journey. If you ever want to be successful, you're going to have to fail a lot and so let's talk about that for just a second. About um, you know, I, I, I I've tri- only made a few mistakes. But yeah, so. it's just that one, that <laughs> once or twice. But uh, just some mistakes, uh, just frankly, that maybe we've made in the past that we were able to overcome.
0: So you're asking me? I'm,
1: pu- I'm, I'm putting oh, you on so, the spot. Yes. Yeah, How so, did you mess up?
0: <laughs> you know that that is. Um, that's loaded <laughs> yes. to an extent, but you know, I have this selective memory too, to where I try not to remember the things I've done wrong in the and past. And you're
1: really good at that. I'm really
0: good at it. <laughs> and I'm really not being funny when I say that I really cancel things out. And you talk about cancel culture. I, I cancel it I out could, of my
1: mind. You, <laughs> so, it's like you delete the files. I, I, I wish I could do that. I think
0: there's a lot of things that we do as kids because it's part of growing up, well, sure. you know, it's part of growing up and you know, you do things, you say things, you know, and, and that in itself, um, You know, as far as I mean, financially, I've always been very frugal, always been very wise with finances. So I really haven't made any financial missteps, um, you know, that that I can recall. Maybe you can Maybe there's something. Relationship wise, I think, you know, and I'll say this with you, you know, there was the expectation that you should just be and think and do exactly as I said or thought or did. And that's not true. You Which know, is probably
1: some of your enneagram eightness coming out. It could be. Out. It
0: could be. I mean, I'm definitely a dominant, <laughs> date. Um, because you know it, it comes to you. Just agree with me. I don't care. You know, it's it's it's, it's agreement before understanding in that idea. And so, I did not have a healthy example really of marriage and how marriage works. So therefore, it was kind of just um, plug and play. Let's yeah. just let's figure this thing out. And uh, that was that was in itself challenging. I know, especially in the early years of our um, our marriage.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a challenge for me as well, being on the other end of that.
0: And I wasn't a church kid. you did no, I didn't, grow. I didn't go didn't to church. You didn't have any of
1: that. But I think that, too, you know, on the heels of that, a mistake I made was um, not learning or having, I guess, the skills to argue with you in a healthy way. Fight fair. Yeah. So a lot of times I would just back down. I'd uh-huh. say, yeah, if that's what you want to do, whatever. Because I didn't know how to correctly Sometimes that made me even matter. Right. <laughs> and so I you know, just agreed sometimes just because I was like, I don't even know what to do with this, you know, instead of learning to be like, no, this is why I think that, which over the years, obviously I've gotten really good at. But mm-hmm. so the mistake I made was just giving in instead of being brave enough, I guess, to go toe to toe with you on, on why we dealt with things the way we did or whatever. So and I know I that was a mistake. And once we had mistake.
0: Ethan, that, that became really, I mean, we were growing up. Yeah. We grew up together. We were so young. Right. And so, and then your priorities really shift when a child comes into the, yeah. to the mix. And so I think that, that created a little bit of leverage just because, okay, we want to do what was best for him. And I was very conscious of making sure that he didn't grow up, you know, with the mental yeah. frustration and what that I had. I mean, so we had some rules in our house that because I didn't want those triggers to be in his life because I knew that what it had affected effect. it had on mine.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think too, one thing that uh, we've kind of been talking a lot around here about the office is that it's never too late. Right. And I think so many people have struggled so long and, And even if they do get some freedom, they just think it's too late to pursue whatever God's put on their heart to pursue. Or, you know, whether it's a business or or going into the ministry or even just jumping into a relationship Mm -hmm. and thinking about that or even having a better relationship with their kid or whatever it may be. A lot of them really, they believe the lie of the enemy that it's too late. And it's
0: never too late. You know, as long as there's breath. In yeah. your lungs, there's a purpose for us to achieve, and you just like Joyce Meyer, you know. Joyce Meyer, she didn't even start preaching and in, in, into ministry until she was in her 40s. She was in her 40s
1: when she started Joyce Meyer ministry, right?
0: So, Mama Joyce, yes. look at where she is today. Yes. And so that, and I think so many times we also use that as an excuse. You know, I've just, you know, I've, I've let it go. I've let it go. I haven't done anything. Well, procrastination is never an excuse. You know, if you if you got a dream in your heart, you know, put that into action. Start stepping towards it. And, uh, you know, God will always bless and honor our efforts at obedience. And we've seen that even, you know, granted, we were young when we planted a church and didn't have any idea what really what we were doing. But prior to that, I mean, I was in law enforcement. You know, we owned our own business. I mean, before we were 25 years old, we had so much experience. Um, You know, I ran a financial institution as the operations officer and, you know, and we had real estate investments, you know, Mm -hmm. because, again, I was I was very eager to be financially stable. And, uh, and so buying and selling real estate and flipping real estate and those kinds of things, you know, so I think you just, if you've got ambition, if you've got desire, if you've got heart, wherever you are, whatever age you are, go for it.
1: And don't be afraid to fail.
0: Don't be afraid to fail. Man.
1: Cause I mean, I think Failure is that never thing. final. Yeah. You just got to keep going. There's so many times that we've messed up or went the wrong direction, but you know, God was always with us, even in the mistakes. And get up
0: and do it again. And he would right.
1: just turn everything. But well, you got to
0: learn from those things. Yeah. You know, your greatest, and we tell people this all the time. I mean, your greatest um, qualifications are your experiences. Right. And so, you know, what you've gone through and what you've overcome is the catalyst for what you are to become. Right. And, and so, and I think we miss that reality a lot because we think that things should always, they see us and yeah. they say, man, you know, we, we've done this and we got this. And you said this earlier in the podcast, Yeah, you know, but, but everything has been work. You've got to work. We, we still get up early in the morning and go to work. And yeah. do, because again, we have a dream in our heart. We have a passion for what we do, but at the same time, we're also motivated. You know, mm-hmm. we want to continue growing. We want to continue to make a difference. Right. And, and so, and I think some people just lose that, especially in their forties and fifties, they kind of get, and even later, yeah, they just kind of lose, they get lazy with it.
1: And I think, you know, you don't ever really fail unless you quit. Right. And I think that's the thing. Just don't quit. Get up and try again. Make some progress. Don't expect perfection. You're right. not going to do anything perfectly. But if you can just make some progress each day, I mean, even simple things, you know, I like to think a lot about just, you know, I don't like to go simple. I don't like to go to bed with dirty dishes. And when I wake up in the morning and I have not Mm -hmm. done that the night before, you know, it makes me feel like I started out the day wrong. But if I did it right, I've made some progress. And so just those little things, little routines, make the progress, but don't, don't quit.
0: Yeah, little, little small steps, you know, little small things that just that, that creates, I guess, a catalyst for the joy, you know, like you said, with the dishes mm-hmm. and what have you. And so, I mean, I have little small things that I do too. And again, that way you don't wake up and you don't get started on a negative foot.
1: For sure. So what I want to wrap up with is, um, I think some people kind of like what we've talked about a little bit is, is they don't accomplish anything that they want to because they're spending too much time comparing themselves to others. Right. Just like we just said, you know, they think it's too late only because they see people younger than them True. and they think they're further ahead than they are, and so they, well, they're younger than me and they've already accomplished that, so it's too late for me. And the problem with that is you're believing another law of the enemy, and you're just sitting there comparing yourself to someone else, and your journey is different. I like to say all the time that uh, we're all in the same storm, but not the same boat. Right. Our stories are different. Our experiences are different. You know, there's maybe a reason that God hasn't giving you the breakthrough you want at a certain time in life yet, but he's got a perfect plan and a perfect timing and we have to do the hard work. But I think, I know from me in the past, a huge hindrance was comparing myself to other people.
0: I think everybody gets into that. You know, I, I remember a, a message that Willie Moore Jr. spoke here at our church five, six, seven years ago, dare not to compare. Oh yes. You know, and it, it's one of those things I think that comparison is, You know is one of our biggest enemies. It is. You know because we're we're you know it's just like Easter. You know and pastors do this a lot. Pastors they look at you know you may have a great service and you get on Instagram and all of a sudden you see man the church ten miles up the road man they had twice as many people as you did. Well you're you know you're you're not you did
1: nothing for Jesus right and it's
0: and it's sad and 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 I used to be in that trap but it's easy yeah it's very very easy and I think we do that in every area of life Uh we see someone else get a new car then we got to get a new car and and it's really it's a lie it's it's vain and it's a lie. And be content, be content where you are, but be faithful where you are, Mm -hmm. you know, because God will only bless and favor obedience. And so and so many times we're strapped financially by, you know, that we, we buy things. And I've heard Pastor Craig Rochelle say this so many times and I've used it. I've stole it before, you know, and and so it's one of those things, you know, that, you know, we buy things that we can't afford to impress people we don't even like. Yes. <laughs> you know, so, so, so why, true. why do we do that? And, and I know I had to overcome that. I mean, I've always been pretty motivated and, and um, I don't know the word, right. I mean, I've always had ambition and drive. Yeah you know, I've always wanted to make a difference, but I, honestly, I'm not looking at other churches that are larger than ours or more successful than ours and feel inadequate yeah. because, you know, I'm also very knowledgeable of the fact that we are where we are on the Mississippi Gulf and we have a great church. We have yes, a, we do. God has blessed the ministry and we have a larger church, which is very interesting because, you know, you still feel like, man, I'm not worthy yeah. to be the pastor of this church. But with that being said, um, we gotta we we lose sight of today and where we are if we're only focusing on somebody else's destiny. Yeah. You know, what's our destiny? What's our purpose? And then be faithful in that day, Mm -hmm. you know, to achieve that. And so so I think that comparison is it, it, it steals a
1: lot of joy. It does. And for me I think I realized my issue with it was I was finding my identity in the wrong things. True. And I think women go through that. So if you find your identity in the way you look, then you're always gonna compare yourself to everybody else. If you find your identity in being a mom, being a pastor, whatever it is, sure. and you're constantly comparing. And so for me, everything turned around when I really realized my identity has to be rooted in who I am in Christ. And then it's less tempting to right. compare myself to everybody else to see if I'm measuring up to what I claim my identity is Well, then we
0: compare to, you know, what you see on social media is highlight reels. It's not behind it's the not scenes. Real. You know, behind the scenes reality is... Messy. You know, yeah, and, and, it's, and that, that's what I like. And it's kind of like even with a communicator, you know, with a preacher. I mean, I... And, and we'll talk about this on another podcast, but, you know, I i have heard this time and time again, and other pastors have said this, you know, I mean, people will follow someone that is real more than they're someone that is right.
1: Right. And, and
0: I think that that's something that pastors need to learn. Yeah. You know, be real you know don't don't try to be chris hodges don't try to be T.D. jakes don't try to be craig rochelle don't don't try to be Just you be yourself. you be you and the truth is is that i think even if even if you're inspired by content of other people that's great i give props sure. i mean if i see stuff i mean this whole series we're in right now i give props Hey, if craig it's good it's good absolutely but at the same time it's you know i mean I'm not trying to be like right. someone else. Now before, yeah. yeah, man, look at the success. If I preach this way, my church is going to grow to this point. And, and I think that in itself, that that liquefies our um, authenticity. Yes. And I think people see right through that. I mean, you've got to be real
1: yeah.
0: and uh, transparent. And yeah, and then for me, I mean, I would rather follow somebody and listen to somebody communicating that it's just sharing their heart than somebody that's reading the liturgy.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think those are some serious things that we've covered about reasons that sometimes hinder us from overcoming our adversity. And so today I hope that we have helped you and maybe you will be passionate about overcoming what you're going through.
0: Absolutely. We'll see you next time.